Hi, I'm Justin King, and welcome to the Blue Chip Academy. As a five-star recruit, all Big Ten corner, NFL vet, and Power 5 recruiting coordinator, I understand the emotions that go along with the recruiting process. The Blue Chip Academy is here to provide education, critical insights, and mentorship through the recruiting process for families and athletes alike. When athletes and their families have proper education and guidance, they're able to make better decisions and set themselves up for long-term success. Blue Chip Academy provides the resources and information that empowers athletes to create their own blue chip blueprint and take ownership of their careers. Blue Chip Academy exists because when athletes and their families are armed with the right information, they're able to make the decisions for themselves that positively impact their future. Again, I'll be your host, Justin King, and welcome to Blue Chip Academy. Yeah, welcome back to Blue Chip Academy podcast. Checking in, man. Summertime is here. July, you know, it's in football. In the football world, it's kind of vacation time. So coaches are gone. And, you know, everybody's kind of roll, getting ready for camp season. So, you know, as we talk about the recruiting times and what we need to be looking out for, had a real nice episode last time with the uh, uh, owner of Atheco, Io Fapahunda, talking about the different intricacies of NIL and what to look for and just transitioning into that college space and really looking at it as a, as a true business and the business opportunities that are there and the business practices that you need to implement as a high school recruit, as a family going through the process. So from that, a lot of questions have spurred up and um, decided to just do this episode and kind of answer and answer some of the questions that kind of come through my inbox and I've been hit up and hit up about throughout the, this process. And just so we're going to go through the top 10 um, recruiting questions and NIL uh, concerns, I guess you can say top 10 recruiting and NIL <laughs> questions. So we could jump into it. Uh, the first one is what does my kid need to do in order to get a scholarship, get a college scholarship? So we kind of talked about this in some of the earlier episodes, but the thing that happens where you have to get a scholarship is pretty much you want to fill in the pixels, right? Like you want to think of every recruiting department or every school going out there and they have a frame of a player or frame of what they want and it's filling in those pixels. So like, that's a pretty wide, um, a rangy question. But what you need to do has your grades in order. Make sure that your awareness of where you need to play uh, or where level you can play at is on point. And when you go through the process, understanding that it's a relationship building process and find your fit. Right. And when you're going through the process, make sure, you know, you're real about the measurables. Uh, like I said, the grade point average and where you fit in with that school. And a lot of times if you check those boxes and. Or in the top percentile when it comes to, you know, height, height and height, weight, speed and athletic ability and football skills, you know, a college scholarship is there. We see that the product on the field is in college is very valuable and um, there's opportunity. So make sure you're just filling in those pixels and not rely on one thing. I'm always kind of leaning towards the easiest way to get a scholarship is to run fast because, you know, just from human nature, evaluators feel like they can fix a lot of things. And that's one thing that they can coach all the time is speed. So when that is uh, in place, um, doors open up, speed brings opportunity. So we get to the next question there. What does my kid need to do? Oh, that's the same question. <laughs> when should we start to invest in specialized training? Um, I always thought that was like an interesting thing, man. I'm going to have uh, another episode where I'm going to have um, D Brown, one of the top trainers in the country go through some of the areas of when a, a kid should go through specialized training. But from my standpoint, I believe once, I guess you get into that, 
transition area, 12, 13, and you really are serious about a certain sport. Um, when it comes to football, we're talking about, I think just overall athletic ability is the number one thing. So just having playing multiple sports growing up and having specialized training, whether it's weightlifting, uh, speed and agility and doing different things of that nature around 12, 13 and start really honing in on those abilities just for the sake of going to camps, right? When it comes to specialized training, that's where the real benefit comes in. I think at an early age, right, you're training your body to get ready and do those things, but it's the opportunity in, in camps when you get there, you're making a nice impression because you're putting yourself in that outlier status because you're used to doing certain movements, you're work, used to working out, and when you get to camp, a lot of those things kind of are transferable. So that's one of the benefits of work uh, of specialized training, but I do think it's beneficial if you're going to play this sport at a high level. But with that being said, I do not think you should just go straight into specialized training. I think of being an overall athlete, playing basketball, different sports, play tennis, play soccer, play um, those different things at a young age and get that full spectrum of athletic abilities um, honed in. I think that's uh, the time. So, but the short answer would be 12, 13 if you're going to really try to go to these colleges and things of that nature. Uh, that's always an interesting one. When offering, uh, the next question, what is the offering and recruiting process at D1 universities? That's an interesting one. It can get spooky sometimes. I don't know where that came from, but that's not a spooky sound. <laughs> but, you know, you go through, um, when is the process, like, start? What is the offering recruiting process? What is the offering recruiting process at Division One University? I mean, it's the full evaluation process, right? From the time that they f click on your film and they have your name, uh, what year you're going to graduate, your GPA, and all those different things. It's the talent evaluation process. It's the it's the key talent acquisition process in college sports. When we talk about developing and a product on the field, that is with the offering and recruiting process starts. So it's pretty much the targeting process, right? So it starts um, in ninth grade. And I would say that the power five schools, everyone says, is it a race to signing day? I think it's a race to ninth grade. When you're trying to find those impactful players that kind of change the trajectory of your university, of your team, uh, your chances to keep your job, get that next big payday. It's really finding those special players at a young age. So when you talk about the offering or recruiting process is finding those gems early and starting relationships early um, with high school students. Um, what is it? It's the main talent pool that kind of comes through. College coaches are judged by how they can recruit. That's their main value that they bring to the school. A lot of players are administration off the field outside of like their typical duties. You know, they bring have value in relationships and how they bring uh, talent to the school really weighs a lot on their career aspirations. So there's a lot of dynamic things that come along with the offering and recruiting process. But when it comes to offering, you know, that's filling in the pixels. We talked about that earlier. We just have a frame and just making sure that all the boxes are checked. So you're, you know, making sure that you're keeping your job. And when that, when the time comes in the recruiting process is um, pretty much is investigation just to see what is between the ears of a player and what are you projecting to be over a three to four year period. So that is what the offering and recruiting process is at Division One universities, trying to maintain um, a level of talent 
in a standard at a university, whether it's cultural or uh, cultural talent, talent based. So yeah, that is what the rec- offering and recruiting process is at Division One universities. Next question: When it comes to NIL, where do I start? That's, that's always an interesting one, right? When we talk about NIL and the different things that come with it, yeah, you know I mean. I think NIL starts when you step on the field, but uh, I think it's being cognizant that you are um, a brand that can be cultivated and there's a level of showing access and kind of understanding who you are. I think that's the first step is like, what do you want to represent and like, where is the end goal and start to reverse engineer. I don't want to go into too much of like where you start NIL because everyone's path is different in that space because we talk about this all the time where everyone's uh, journey to the end of this football thing or the end of this sports ecosystem is different. So it depends on uh, where you are, but I would first say like understand who you are and be authentic to that when you're starting to, I guess, engage with fans and let yourself be known and not kind of put a a split personality brand out there trying to, you know, chase dollars and you're not taking care of things and you're, competitive sport and different things of that nature but make sure you know where you want to go and what you want to do i think that's the first step in that whole nil process when we talk about name image and likeness make sure you're cultivating and authentically curating that process um from the right core i think that's the first thing to step that's the first step So how important, next question, how important is the 40 really? With all the GPS and advanced analytics that say 40 doesn't tell the whole story. It's a good point. That's a very good point. I don't know what this is going to do. Somebody, oh, yeah. Great question. I always say stuff about the 40. So like, I guess, I mean, that's a, that's a great question with everything moving forward. So when I was at the XFL, we did implement GPS uh, systems and different things of that nature into our evaluation process, and I love analytics. I think it's just a supplemental um, piece of information that goes into filling in the pixel. So how important is the 40 really? I think it comes down to a translation thing when you talk about GPS and advanced analytics, because I mean, if sports scientists are the only people that can read the data or people that are kind of taking chances and not coaching the players, I think there's information to give the full spectrum of a player, but I don't think it's going to replace the 40 uh, at the high school level. So when I say how important is the 40, really the 40 is extremely important because a lot of these coaches are, you know, when you really don't know which player you're going to get when you get there, you want to have something that you can lean back on. And from my experience, a lot of them lean back on that 40 yard, that 40 um, yard time where it's just uh, that brute speed and that raw speed. Is that completely accurate to how good a football player is going to be? No. Like, is it a level of insurance or assurance that you can work with the tools that you're given? It is, because I think a lot of people don't recognize for coaches. I mean, you see it all the time when people play man and uh, (laughs) a player might drop a pass or they get burnt. You can't like you can't really do anything because it's just the other player is either bigger and faster. I don't think players recognize that if a coach recognizes sees that trait or that threat in you that you're not fast enough and no matter what they teach you might not be big enough or what you don't have the baseline athletic ability that is a frightening thing so you have to reassure other stuff if that speed size or all those things aren't checked so you have those purple dots that 
do other things that reassure coaches, whether they're just um, consistent elite playmakers, you know, uh, turnover creators and all those different types. But the 40 is extremely important and it opens doors, right? But those advanced analytics give more of an accurate story for the people that are open to hearing it. And just, I don't know if all coaches are ready to take in that data and put their job on the line for it when it's not, um, not too much history where it's been used and just kind of, we know what miles per hour means, but just, just this transferable thing and just the comfort of putting your evaluation on the line. I don't know if that's going to circumvent the 40 anytime soon, maybe five to seven years down the line. So the last one is Blue Chip Academy. Not a last one, last one before the break, but is Blue Chip Academy a recruiting service? Um, no, I wouldn't call it a recruiting service, right? Because I would, I think of a recruiting service as someone that kind of pushes out players to schools, try to make connections for players, level of marketing, level of selling the players' abilities, the coaches. And that's not what we do here at Blue Chip Academy at all. We kind of put guys in the captain's seat so they can be um, uh, I won't say assassins in their career, but you know, captains of their career have leveraged throughout their career and kind of making the best decisions. So we kind of operate from more of a best practices, um, best practices, tactical uh, information standpoint, right? Where we kind of help guide as recruiting advisors um, going through the process and help as a, a true soundboard and objective soundboard uh, that's on your team to help you go through this process and maximize with the end goal being whatever your end goal is. And I just think uh, a recruiting, a recruiting services main point is to get you a scholarship offer or get you um, acknowledged or amplify your film and different things of that nature. And that's, that's perfectly, that's perfectly fine. I just know that, uh, that's not what I do. And that's not what Blue Chip Academy is here. We're more of an educational-based piece and recruiting advice and advising for the student, athlete, and family. And also, when we come to evaluations, kind of point you in the right directions to this whole talent acquisition process and career development path within college football and collegiate sports, you know, giving some of the codes and tactical insights to be in the captain's seat so you're feeling comfortable and confident while you're going through this process that breeds success. So we'll take a break there, man. Just another reminder to subscribe to the Blue Chip Academy podcast. When you get a chance, go check out the website. I have a course on there, um, the Football Recruiting Biz Masterclass for all you eighth, ninth graders getting ready to go into this football uh, ecosystem as it continuously changes. You know, we give a full overview of the different things in which you need to look for and how to evaluate schools, how to evaluate coaches and see where your fit is. Right. And I know a lot of times we talk about the lack of awareness and where you might fit. And we have dreams of the schools that we want to play for and what we want to do after sports and just there to kind of help put those pieces in, in place so that you guys can, again, have the, have the acceleration button um, through this thing and take full advantage of all the opportunities that you're given, which are critical views. So when you get a chance, um, check that out and have a free console. Whenever you get it, guys want, you go on to www.ligsports.com and you can chop it up about some of your recruiting sh- struggles or frustrations or even questions moving forward. We got a free 15 minute console and see if there's any um, value that we can provide to your situation. So if any anything comes up in that area, please reach out. 
So jumping back into it, the second part, right? Should I force my kid to play multiple sports? Absolutely. Um, I think it's very beneficial to play multiple sports, especially at a young age. Uh, I mean, there's, I don't think there's any perfect time to cut off and start specializing depending on what sports you play, right? If you know you're going to be a golfer, I mean, I understand if you know you're going to play tennis. Yeah. I'm football. Uh, I just think overall athleticism goes well and you can kind of hone in those football skills as you get older. I'm going to say older, I'm saying high school, <laughs> So, yeah, I definitely think you should force your kids to play multiple sports. What's the most costly mistake that I see prospects and families make? Oh, that's a good one. Um, The costly mistake that I see prospects and family make is a lack of awareness of where their actual talent is. And they start playing a deck of cards that they do not have. I think that is the number one thing that I see um, go left for – student athletes and their families because, you know, they start operating and thinking that their hand is a little stronger than it is because the recruiting process can kind of warp you, right? Because we all we have to make sure that the, the depth is there just in case a player says no, that there's another player ready. So that always the interest isn't always accurate to what you may be receiving from just interpersonal relationships and different things of that nature. And sometimes that gets to prospects and families' heads when they start operating a little bit more uh, confident, a little bit more confident than their abilities. And we always talk about talent equals tolerance. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a costly mistake that I see a lot of times where someone overvalues their ability and kind of slips up in the recruiting process and loses their spot or uh, their – good standing with the staff i think that's where people make mistakes the major mistakes costly mistake because you lose your scholarship that way <laughs> that was the wrong button i gotta get those buttons right um so we get into the next one with schools switching conferences what does it all mean for recruiting an nil that's a great question. I mean, we talk about that all the time where guys are re- committed to schools and they're, you know, playing, want to go to visit another school and different things of that nature because of the conference or another more attractive school is coming to recruit them. But now we see it with USC and UCLA and all that going through, uh, going to the Big Ten. And I think it's important when we talk about recruiting because it kind of decentralizes the recruiting aspects, right? Because you're not just going like, oh, Pac-12 is just on the West Coast, and you can't use the, you're not going to get eyes on the game anymore. And NIL kind of is name, image, and likeness. And what's better than name, image, and likeness than you being seen uh, by the most eyes in the media capital, or whether it's the East Coast when you got, you know, Philadelphia, New York, and all the cities in the around the in the Big Ten and the in the SEC. So, what's to answer the question when schools with Schools switching conferences, what does it all mean? I think it shows that the rose-colored glasses in college football are coming off in recruiting and NIL. And, you know, there's a mad dash for, I won't say the money. You know I mean, and the money in terms of eyes and opportunities uh, for the players, right? Because I think it does come down to the talent acquisition. I believe everything comes down to the product for people to watch. So to have a stronger product, bringing the two main schools from the West Coast and with the strong markets in L.A. and 
be able to recruit and have exposure to those East Coast kids that maybe get out there and have that uh, ability to sell their families on playing on the East Coast and different things of that nature. And we talk about NIL, eyes on product equals, you know, increased uh, leverage on your name, image, and likeness. So I think they do go hand in hand. So that's kind of what we see here. It's just the rose-colored glasses coming off and more transferred into that uh, semi-pro type of football system, which we're going to see with these mega conferences in the next couple of years. Uh, how do you know when a school dropped you or won't honor your scholarship? Let's see if this is the right button. Let's see. <laughs> Yo, that's not funny. Like that was not supposed to be that one, but how do you know when a school drops you? It's the same way you probably know when a girl's done with you and they ghost you or vice versa. Uh, <laughs> they stop talking. I mean, coaches get distant. Uh, recruiting personnel get distant. And conversations are different, right? It's not as warm. It's, uh, typically, if you know your drop, they'll either tell you or stop communicating with you if I'm just going to be for the short answer. Of how do you know when a school has dropped you or won't honor your scholarship? If communication stops, you should have some questions. So make sure you stay in contact with them and keep picking up the phone and never get too big headed. That's what we talked about earlier when we said lack of awareness and guys started moving differently and things of in that realm. So yeah, that's that's that with um, getting dropped because that's a that's a tough one, man. Because I, I, that's one of the things where. You know, you see it in college football where coaches break the news to a player after they've been offered a scholarship and they think they might be able to come. It's like, ah, it's not there anymore. You know, you can see see it processing. So it's, it's a tough thing. So be aware of what's going on and keep relationships strong and play cards up at the end of the day. There's a value that they're expecting from you and you're, there's a value that you're expecting from them. So I think if you are honest and stay stay. Um, and good, I don't say good graces, but keep your communication up. You should have a good sense of how the relationship's going uh, with that school. When it comes, next question. When it comes to development, what's the most important piece to work on? Uh, I mean, I think that's a pretty wide question, pretty rangy question, because, you know, there's so many different things that you need to work on in sports, but I think. I would say the critical factors of each position, I, I mean, they're different, right? You need reactionary athleticism as a DB. You need to be stout and strong as a defensive lineman. You need uh, mental fortitude as a quarterback. You need quickness balance as a running back. So um, when it comes to development, I would the most important pieces I would focus on are the critical factors of your position. So, I mean, it's great to – be able to backpedal and flip your hips and do all those like crazy drills. But if a critical factor is, no, nope, that's not a good example. Cause I was going to say if a critical factor is reactionary athleticism, those aren't good, but those are actually good drills for that. But uh, you know, if you're slow as a DB working on your speed, um, if you have a hard time catching the ball as a receiver, work on your hands or your body control, um, getting out of your breaks and different things of that nature. So work on those critical factors, but depending on, your position and actually getting a true eval on what you need to work on and where the gaps are. I think that's the most critical thing when it comes to development is putting the work in on the right bucket so that you kind of get that 
you know, that feeling when you're done, like, all right, that was deposits made in the right area. <laughs> Those buttons, like, they're, they're cracking me up now that I, I get to play on this by myself. I don't know how that would sound, but whatever. Uh, let's see. What's the next one? How do I go about getting an NIL deal? Oh, that's tricky. I mean, for high school, I mean, it's different. Only certain states can give out NIL deals. I mean, I think having representatives helps with getting an NIL deal. But at the end of the day, it's like eyes on you and having a cool story to tell uh, and having some level of engagement and notoriety. And that happens, first of all, about being elite on the field to an extent. I mean, obviously, you can build up a brand and have some special qualities outside, but that takes time to build up but how do i go about getting an nil deal put yourself out there you know what i mean set up an infrastructure and put yourself out there i think those are the baseline aspects and i think it was a great episode to listen to if you go back and listen to um the last episode like i said with io fabahunda uh eco founder uh that was i mean very insightful it's called it's only entertainment and goes through all the different things that you need to look at when you talk about starting a brand and how to capitalize on all the things and the new age of sports, right? Like just it's changing and it's got a little people off kilter, but it's got a lot of good info, a lot of good opportunities, the opportunities to take advantage of, especially to set up your career for success later. Let's see what else we got here. We got two more questions. Um, Big school, ride the bench, or small school and be a star? That's a, uh, I think that's that's a good question. I think and it comes down to what we talked about earlier, just like a level of awareness and being honest about who you are. Like if you're used to being that guy and you just want to play and like that's what makes you happy and like that's what you want to do, go to a small school and ball out, man. With the transfer report on everything now, you can ball out of a you know D2 school and get um acquired by a bigger school and make your way up and have that opportunity if you're just using sports as a, a opportunity or as a vehicle to get to where you're going you know there's a lot of opportunities at these large institutions and the ecosystems and the alumni base and like if you're really going through with that type of attitude and you're trying to maximize those opportunities i mean you say ride right the bench but make sure that you're being a valuable participant to the program and different things of that nature but you might there might be a chance that you don't play I think it comes down to everyone's situation. You know what I mean, me personally, I mean, I'm trying to play. You know what I mean? I'm trying to play because I was I was playing football, but at the same time, I saw the value in which ecosystem I was playing in. So like I think I would I would kind of try to get the best of both worlds, right? Like if I didn't know, like, all right, where can I get on the field and see have the most um and compete at the highest level while having all these other things are external bridges to transition into my career and what I want to do and relationships being built and things of that nature. So I think that comes down to that awareness piece of like, what are you in this sport for? And what are you trying to do? Because I mean, both, both routes can be right based on where you want to go. So that's that. And last but not least, this new age of college sports, high school recruiting, everything's kind of getting, you know, I can't even say 
predatorial because, you know, the recruiting process is what it is, but do high school kids need agents now? <sighs> agents, I mean, possibly. I mean, in some instances, I think high-level players might need managers, agents, more advisor-type roles. I think it's always good to have someone looking over your contracts like lawyers. lawyers. I'm not going to go into the agent bashing thing, but I just, you know, they they – claim to do a lot so i don't know if it just depends on what that person is providing to you right like if it's again knowing your situation knowing your needs and different things of that nature do you need an agent in high school probably not you need some services if you're really trying to take advantage of building a brand or like laying the groundwork for a brand in college yeah but i don't know if you need an agent um depending on who you are uh I think you can have services help help you out and things of that nature. I mean, based on the the level of player you are, you may need an agent to handle some of your uh, business dealings or setting up things um, for further down the line. But the short answer is no. High school kids do not need agents right now. So that was kind of it, man. I just thank you for the time today to answer some recruiting NIL questions. These were things that people have been hitting me up about. And I just wanted to get a chance to, you know, get those out there. So you guys have it. We'll pick back up next week with some interviews and some more guests and things of that nature as we're getting back into football season. Everybody, I don't know when when this episode will come out, but I'm sure it's getting ready for training camp. Make sure you guys are, you know, training, make sure that, uh, that running test is in the books, you know, stay hydrated, get those power naps, stay in the stay in the playbook and go out there and make some plays, man. And the football season is here. A lot of sports seasons are starting. So get a chance, uh, subscribe to the, to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, get it, go check out the um, Blue Chip Academy um, website, LIG Sports Group. And we're here. Class is dismissed. Thank you guys. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Blue Chip Academy. To help navigate the recruiting waters, LIG Sports Group put together a Blue Chip Recruiting Checklist. Download your checklist at LIGsports.com Blue Chip Academy to ensure you're making informed decisions through this process. Hit subscribe and check out the LIG Sports Group Football Ops Recruiting YouTube channel, where we'll talk about the recruiting and other critical points in the football ecosystem. If you're feeling stressed, confused, or just want help putting together a blue chip blueprint for you and your son, don't hesitate to book a console call with me at LIGsports.com backslash Blue Chip Academy. Remember, everyone has a different journey. Keep sharpening and remember that you can only go to one school. Just make sure that you have your blue chip blueprint together and execute it. Life is good.